，鬼岛之音 ，Ghost Island Media。Hey, it's Emily Waiwu. Welcome back to the Taiwan Take, and happy holidays from everyone at Ghost Island Media. Today, a recording of an interview I did with Chef Andre Jiang, Jiang Zhengchen, a giant in the world of culinary arts. Born in Taiwan and trained in France, Chef Andre he was the first Taiwanese to receive a Michelin star. His restaurant Andre, which he opened in Singapore in 2010, was named Asia's second best when he gave it up in 2018 to move back to Taiwan. He is the subject of the documentary Andre and His Olive Tree, which came out at the theaters this summer. The feature-length doc opens with the moment he announces to the staff at his two-star Michelin restaurant. And to the surprise of his wife, that he was closing it down. The film is now available on Netflix. This documentary kind of, I hope that、uh, everyone go back and think about what is the original intention and pull it back and then give a pause and said, yeah, why am I doing this?、Mm-hmm. Or am I on the right track?、Mm-hmm. Today, Shivandre lives in the countryside of Ilan. On the eastern coast of Taiwan, we chat about his art, the idea of home, and what he means by original intention, Chuxing, which was the Mandarin title of the documentary, and normally his response when asked why he came back to Taiwan. The video portion of this interview was broadcasted at Taiwan Fest following the screening of the film earlier this month. Taiwan Fest is a community event organized by the Taiwanese American Citizen League in collaboration with several chapters of TAP, Taiwanese American Professionals. Ghost Island Media was proud to be a media partner of this interview session. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Chef Andre Jiang. Culinary arts is of global interest, and this is the Taiwan Take. I'm your host today, Emily Waiwu. Hey everybody! Hello. I'm going to read this just so I don't get this wrong. Okay. Chef Andre to date is the only ethnic Chinese chef to make the world's 50 best restaurant list. He is Taiwan's first Michelin-starred chef. Born in Taipei, trained in France, he got his two-star Michelin while in Singapore. In 2014, he opened Raw in Taipei before Michelin even came to Taipei. Taiwan has seen a very exciting surge on the culinary scene the last six years, and I think raw had a little bit to do with that. But in 2018, Chef Andre closed his restaurant in Singapore, Restaurant Andre. The restaurant at the time was recognized as Asia's second best, and he came home to Taiwan. So today we're sitting together at Blossom Cafe in downtown Taipei. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really looking forward to show everyone where the Andre and his olive tree documentary and give everyone more insight of the whole process of how we made this documentary and what message we try to deliver. So, Chef, it's been two years since the film.、Uh, yes. You and your wife Pam are now back in Taiwan. You're、yeah. living in the beautiful countryside of Ilan. Yes. What has life been like? Uh, it's it's quite interesting. It's it's kind of reconnect 
to Taiwan and reconnect to the land. Part of it I'm really familiar because I grew up with. The other part is, for me, it's totally new because I left when I was 13. So it's kind of go back to see an old friend that you haven't seen for 20, 30 years. It's interesting. And for my wife, it's, it's a brand new experience uh, living in the countryside, and we enjoyed it. Uh, we just actually did a Taiwan tour. Oh, great. Yeah, so just try to reconnect to the land. It's, it's important to us and to really introduce Taiwan to my wife. So the film was a celebration of your art, your life, your work mm. of 30 years. Mm. But in a way, it was a film about letting go. What did this documentary mean to you? For me, definitely it's the most important part of my entire 30 years culinary career because that's my biggest decision. Decide to close Restaurant Andre and come back uh, to Taiwan. It, it means a lot because... We really, at that point, realized that what's the most important things or what's the priority to our life. It's not just about getting any more starts. It's not just about getting the higher ranking that we could possibly get, but to really understand that the perfect moment of we create a masterpiece for the past 10 years in a different part of our, our life, we kind of have different priorities. And you always, you know, when you, when, you, when you have a house, you want a bigger house. And you want to have a car, you want a big, bigger car. And suddenly you, you, you don't, you kind of lost and start to realize, what am I doing this? Or the other way that everything's just went super well and you're just chasing and looking for that triumph or that make you happy. But at the end of the day, what makes you really happy? And it just happens. It just happened when, when the day comes and we realize that this is perfect. This is the moment. And so we decide to let go and come back to Taiwan and really find our true happiness and how to pass on that passion to the next generation. Yeah. A couple of things you mentioned there. I want to ask you more later about happiness. Mm. So I watched the film myself in August during your premiere. First of all, everybody walked out just impressed by everything you said. Beautiful film, beautiful soul, beautiful art, beautiful community that you created. Mm. I think it was very touching. Um, but yet, everybody still wants to know why you left. Now, I'm not going to ask you why, but I mm. do want to get a sense from you what it was like to mm. have to make that decision. I'm sure that in that documentary, everybody saw that night at the end of the service, I call everyone up and then I announce that we're going to close the restaurant. Before that day, no one knows. Every day just like the same. Okay. But what happened that morning? So that morning was, unfortunately, was not in the, in, in, in the film because the crew was not there. But I feel that we're, we're lucky that we get the last part, the most important part of what I announced. The team was there. It's everything just like so spontaneous, right? We can't expect, or they can't expect what's going to happen because it's a documentary, it's not a film. But at that point, they had been following you for two months already? Yeah, yeah. So that morning, it was just like the same day. I came in from the back and we, you know, I checked everything in the kitchen. Um, everything just perfect. You know, the food, everyone knows what to do. Then I walk into the restaurant. Some are cleaning the glass, and some are uh, wiping the floor. They adjust everything from what they know. Normally, on a normal day, 
you will find that ah oh, the sauce is a little bit too salty you know that suggested or the the quality of the ingredient was not as what you expected or they, there will always be one or two things wrong and then you adjust it and that day was just everything just went perfect so i suddenly realized that i got nothing to do so what, what i'm gonna do they all they know what they're gonna do everything is just as good as it should then I found a couch and I sit down in the restaurant and I look at it and I call my wife to sit next to me. I said, look, this is perfect. She said, yeah. I said, so this is it. And she stopped for like two seconds and she said, mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm. She kind of know that, you know, this is the moment that we're looking for. Even the way they were just so perfect that day. And that's the 0.1% that we're looking for every single day. So yeah, and then I just say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna close the restaurants because I, I, I had the, the, the most wonderful day that I've been looking for and, and it is today. Well, it's you know, emotional sometimes. <laughs> It's beautiful. I mean, the, the film began with that scene, and, and yes. the filmmaker did a brilliant thing where just going in, you then know to expect a great story coming through just by the way your staff responded, how you spoke, and it was really mm. touching, but then the way that the story came back to this um, uh, yes. beautiful rap. Mm. And, and I think that the most beautiful part of uh, the documentary is that it's not a successful story of Andre Chang. But it's more of after the announcement, you saw that everyone has different reaction to it. And from that day onwards, he started to interview every single person. How do you feel? And everybody has different uh, reactions. Some were sad, some were angry, or why. So this documentary is about every story from the brigade. That makes Richard Andre. It's not just Andre himself. Yeah. So I think that's the beautiful part that we, 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 we see from a different perspective, from Andre's self story to everyone's story. Everyone came to this place with a different dream. But, but that's the thing, everybody came to you with a different dream. Yes. Did you have to consider that when you were making that decision? How scary was it? Well, I guess it's also a, a lesson or a life experience and I, I want them to, to really understand I think some of them, they came with an expectation that, yeah, you know, I want to be like Andre. I want to be the world's best chef. You know, I want to be like him. I want to be as cool as him. But I hope I can give them a, a, a life lesson. It's not just about the rankings. It's mm -hmm. not just mm -hmm. about how many stars we get. It's mm -hmm. are you happy of doing it or what are you looking for? And they all come from different places around the world, from France, from, uh, from Italy, from Korea, from Philippines. And at the end of the day, they're going back to their own homeland. And what, what would they change the environment? Did they bring anything back to their homeland? And I hope I can teach them that more than just cooking. So in the film, you had mentioned that somebody said, I want to be just a Michelin chef like you. Mm. And you yeah. told them, no, just, just be a happy chef. Yes. What, what did that mean? Uh, we started our career by passionate of what we do. Mm. But along the way, that purpose kind of changed or evolved. 
you want to get better, then you want to be competitive, then you want to be the best, you want to get certain awards. And that priority is kind of shifted from your passion, your intention. Then how far are we going to go from this? Mm. There will never be enough. Uh, you will never be happy because there will always someone in front of you. There's always something bigger. So what is it? So I, I guess this documentary kind of, I hope that uh, everyone go back and think about what is the original intention and to pull it back and then or give a pause and say, yeah, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Or am I on the right track? Mm-hmm. Uh, what really makes me get into this business? What makes me really happy every day? I, I, every day I was, I was just happy in, in, in the kitchen when I was a kid. The moment I get into the kitchen, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But what what changed when you when you grow up? What what has changed that? So so yeah, I want to go back to where I where I was before. I want to be the the kid that get into the kitchen, and I'm happy already. It's not because of the rankings or awards or training. Uh, you left Taipei um, at age 13. Given you know now your advice to chef to be a happy chef, mm-hmm. what would you tell your 13 year old self? You're about to embark on this amazing training. Mm-hmm. What would you tell yourself? I I love challenges. I, the reason that I left Taiwan at the age of 13 is I want to see more. I want to learn uh, as much as I could. That's why I went to, to Japan. And after I see the Iron Chef uh, in Japan, I was at Fuji Television at the time, and I thought that, wow, even an Asian chef can cook such a great French cuisine, and I want to be like him. That's why I told my mom that I want to go to France. I want to learn French cuisine. Just go ahead and do that one thing makes you happy, makes you, you know, wake up every day. You just eager to just run out of the door and mm-hmm. and grab it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even until today, I was still I'm, I'm still telling myself this. Do you have tricks to? I mean, sometimes things get really hard and you wake up and you don't want to do it or you want to take a break. What's your trick to get by? Uh, yes, yes, of course. And uh, the advice that I, I, I gave to every single person is that go back to your original intention and you will find the answer why you started, why I'm getting into this business and what, what was that first intention that I'm doing what I'm doing now. And sometimes you found the answer, most of the time. So as you said, you're, you're born Taiwanese, you grew up in Shiling, just north of here, you yeah. left home at age of 13, you went to Japan, you went to France, you made a name for yourself in Singapore, that is a lot of years away, 30 years away, Yes. a citizen of the world. What was the idea of home like to you? What does the notion of home mean to you? I mean, this question goes out to, I think, a lot of the Taiwanese Americans abroad, or just Taiwanese people abroad. Mm. Well, I, I guess it's a way of looking at it. First is the past 30 years, no matter where I am, I always have a bowl of rice in my fridge. And for me, that is home. Uh, it sounds weird, but you know, if I, I didn't have a bowl of rice the whole, the entire day, I'm actually okay. But the, the moment I, I got home, I will esteem even just a spoon of rice. Mm-hmm. And that's it. For me, that, that completes the day and that is home. Yeah, that's home. In my profession, uh, where is home? It's hard to, to really define because uh, I was born in Taiwan and then I started in Japan. I spent most of my time in France. 
then Singapore, uh, I built up my career. So they all been an important path to my career. But for me, what is home is the moment that I feel like I'm, I'm connected to the land. Whether it's the weather or the produce or the flavor, uh, I feel I'm connected to the land and that's where I feel comfortable. Comfortable to live in and comfortable to, to create. So that's where I feel I'm home. So I also left Taiwan, same age, 12. And for a long time, friends would ask me, how did you deal with homesickness? Hmm. The thing yeah, was, I, 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 yeah. I didn't get homesick. I think as, a, <laughs> as a teenager, you want yeah. to be out. It's exciting exploring the yeah. world. Yeah. But I do remember that one moment, the first time I got homesick. What was that for you? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, 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 to forget it or get used to where I, no matter where I am. I guess that's, uh, that, that's the DNA or that's me. You can only create when you feel connected to the land, or you can only create when you feel that you're home, you, you belong here. Mm. But uh, yeah, my, my, my job was quite uh, intense. So that is something that calms me down whenever I feel that anxious or um, not that comfortable with the environment and everything. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's. Give myself a bottle of rice. Yeah, it was when we slowed down. I was sick. I was literally, I was sick one weekend, um, fever or something. And then I realized I missed mom's cooking. And yes. then it hit me that that's what homesickness was, yeah. at least for me. And yes, yes, it is. Hey, from all of us at Ghost Island Media. We hope you're enjoying this episode. The goal of the Taiwan Take is to bring you in-depth conversations on matters important to Taiwan and as they relate to the world. We were recently nominated for a News Podcast Award at the Excellent Journalism Award in Taiwan. To help us speak to more people, donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Taiwan. Now back to the show. Okay, let's talk about some of the fun stuff. Yes. This is also something that you are famed for. The film was actually structured this way. Mm. It's your octal philosophy, the backbone of your creative process. Mm. Yeah, well, octal philosophy is basically very simple. It's the, the eight elements, eight principle that when I create anything, a dish, a concept, an environment, and you always related to that, the eight uh, things that most relevant or most important essential to you. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's that. Can we have you name the eight? Okay. Can I hear just how it sounds like in your head? I think. <laughs> okay. In the, the, this eight elements is never in the same sequence. But that's the eight things that I, when I create, you always come up with uh, one after another. For example, this dish we focus on texture. The other dish we focus on south. South has referred for the south of France, where I spend most of my time in France. Oh, and then this stage focus on unique or pure memories, etc. Okay, and why this A element? Why not nine or seven or six? No, I don't know why. In fact, when I first come up with the idea, uh, it's for two things. First is I realized that we sit down in a proper dining experience. It took you for about two to two and a half hours proper mm -hmm. uh, dinner and it's same like where you you watch a, a movie so with that two to two and a half hour 
what kind of experience that I want to take you through. You need to have your setting, you need to have your script, you need to have actor, actor, actress that come out in a different timing. So I see my A dishes as the actors and actress. Some has to be sophisticated, some are funny, some are serious, some you, you, you could interact with. And that's how you make an interesting story within that two hours. So that's how I see myself more a curator or a director of the movie. And then these eight element is my team. Um, so I never name my dish in a pan fried steaks with black pepper sauce. So they, they just salt, elements of salt, the elements of pure, elements of salt and, and then textures. Yeah, I feel it's clearer. You focus on one thing. Sometimes it's very philosophical, but it's actually very easy to understand. If I just tell you salt, you will look for the salty element in the dish. Mm -hmm. If I tell you texture, you're looking for texture in that dish. So we are experiencing this journey together. Uh, it's just like a movie. You're experiencing the journey together with me. Yeah, no, I love that. It's a curation of the taste of life, right? So the eight are unique, texture, memory, yes. pure, terrier, salt, south, and artisan. Yes. Now that you're on a different phase of your creative career, mm. is there going to be a ninth? No. <laughs> I think eight is a good number. When I first uh, think about an octagon, uh, I, I refer to the, the, the Taiwanese bakwa, right? You have eight different elements that they're against each other. Uh, you have water and fire, wind and thunders. And they are just so opposite characteristic. And yet, when you put this eight element together, it represents balance. And only when a experience is balanced, that was exactly, exactly what you're looking for. Uh, you want every single dish to have very strong character or message. But once you put this eight together, it's balanced. Mm. And I thought that is so cool and that is so Asian. Actually, my wife told me, I, I wrote so many things about it and, and she, she looked at it. Uh, she said, then why don't you just use what you have and tell people what this is? not just putting in your brain, you know, it's just after philosophy, then you just call it after philosophy. I had the pleasure of meeting her very briefly at the premiere. Okay. Um, she was such a beautiful woman. <laughs> so, so beautiful. Um, but is it fair to say that the after philosophy, it is, it is the backbone of your creative process, but if we were to have an after philosophy for life, what would mm. that look like? I would say this, it's just like, um, like this documentary Director Josiah especially made this documentary like a book. So you are going through chapter after chapter and there's no certain priority or which, which one should come up first. But you realize that in every chapter that you have your sweat and tears and then you have memory and then sometimes you just come up with very simple ideas about craft and artisans, mm -hmm. uh, the pureness of, of life. Or happiness and I guess that's uh, that reflects to everyone's uh, life as well yeah yeah so you wouldn't necessarily swap the words 
happiness, for example, or that? No, no. That's the A words that I came up with. I think everyone has their own A words that means the most to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so find your outer philosophy. <laughs> um, you are a dominating figure in the culinary scene. You're an inspiration for a Taiwanese born who want to do really well and stand out in the world. But to me, after watching the film, it was your dedication to educating and nurturing the next generation that really, really moved me. Um, earlier this year, uh, you told Tatler Magazine, quote, at this point, I know exactly what I want in life, and that clarity will guide me. Can you talk a bit about that? What is that clarity? And mm. what do you want in life now? Uh, so I, I guess in a different part of our, our, our career, we focus on different goals. But the advice that I would give to everyone is mm. don't get distracted, be focused. That's what I always, uh, always do in, 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 my, in my career. And I think at this point of my career is to give back to all my know-how, all my knowledge to the next generation. I was thinking that when I was at their age, I just want to be the best of the best. But now I realize that if I could give them more experience or more guidance, they would have no more. Especially when now I look back, I didn't know much about Taiwan. I didn't know about what is Taiwanese cuisine and what is Taiwanese spices, combination, flavor, color. But I hope that when they start their culinary career, they should know that no matter where they go, they know how to introduce themselves. They know how to introduce our own cultures and culinary technique to, to different parts of the world. So that's how I feel that it's so important to come back and do this. Would it be fair to summarize it as that it's not just talent or hard work, but that it's really important to know where you come from and who you are? Yes. Yeah, and stay, just stay focused. I think, you know, nowadays that we have too many distractions from different medias, information, and sometimes that kind of distracted from what we're trying to do. So the clarity I'm talking about is really to focus on our intention of what we try to achieve without being distracted by the world or opinions or what people think you are. To even see that clarity for yourself, I think it's special. But to be able to help somebody else see it because you've been there so you can kind of nudge them that way and help them see it maybe quicker. Mm. On coming home or moving away, it is a very, very scary decision. It often means giving up a part of your life because you need to make room for something else. Mm. Um, for the Taiwanese out there and the Taiwanese-American second generations out there who are thinking of coming home um, but are scared or don't know whether it'll be worth it to take that plunge, mm. to take that chance, to make that change, even if it doesn't make sense to the world, mm. what, what can you tell them? The name of this documentary, Chu Xin, right? Um, the original intention. So what was that one thing that's important to you or why makes you make the decision of going abroad or coming back. I guess in a different time of our life, our list of 
priority is changing. It's constantly changing. And so what was that one thing the most is essential to you? When every time I, I'm scared or I, I, I doubt of my every move, uh, I always go back to and, and ask myself what was the original intention before I even came here. Yeah, that, that gave me an, an idea of where, where should I go? Should I make that decision? Should I make the move? They won't be the same answer to everyone. But I think that really helped. What, what was your solution uh, to the future? From the film and from talking with you today, mm -hmm. uh, you seem, you're very calming, calming presence. Um, you seem very sure of your decisions. You don't strike me as somebody who goes through a lot of self-doubt. I rarely have self-doubt. It's simply because I think everyone has a talent. God gives us a talent for each person. And, and sometimes we're good at this, we're not good at that. That's okay. So I simply focus on the things I'm good at. Well, the people say, Andre, you're very good at this. Then, okay, I'm going to do it. Second is practice, practice, practice. I practice a lot. So before I'm on anything, I practice. Before I create a dish in the restaurant, I practice a thousand times before that reach to the first customer. Um, that's something that I, that I believe. So if you go through that process, you hardly miss it. Mm. So in a way, it's, well, it, it is simple. It is simple. Uh, I believe that. I trust my team because they all have something that I don't have. Um, so we have to deliver together to get where, where, where we want to go. So that's the same thing that I told them. So, you know, they all have something that better than I do. Then I know what I'm good at. And we just put all the best on the table. Mm. Then we make it happen. Final question. Uh, when will you announce what your next move is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my next move actually. Basically, I focus a lot on education. I feel that uh, now the world is changing. We're not just teaching our young generation how to roast a chicken, how to cut, how to, how to fry a piece of fish. Mm -hmm. But being a, a chef or in, a, in, in the culinary world, you need to learn color, you need to learn calculation, you need to learn concept, strategy, uh, creativity, uh, trends, aesthetic. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that we don't teach at school. Mm -hmm. And, then I, and, and that, it's so important for being a chef. Yeah, I'm preparing all that. Hopefully that we could have a different program for the younger generation that wants to be a chef mm -hmm. and they can have more tools before they really get into the real competition. So yeah, so that's something that I'm doing right now. That sounds wonderful. I'm sure this means we'll see a lot of kind of your legacies pop up everywhere in Taiwan. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here today. And goodbye from Taipei. Today's interview was organized by the Taiwanese American Citizens League in collaboration with TAP, Taiwanese American Professionals. This podcast version was edited by me with Claudia Shen. The video was filmed by Gazing Element and on location at Blossom Cafe in Taipei, edited by Paul Chu at Gazing Element. Happy holidays from Taipei. <laughs>